Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to today's episode. I hope you've had a chance to tune in to our previous episodes. And if not, I encourage you to listen in on iTunes. You will be encouraged and find many simple action steps that you can apply immediately to live your life in purple. Now, many of you might not initially recognize today's guest, Sarah Cherman. Chances are, as we get into the interview, you will remember her story. She's been an inspiration to millions, and her YouTube video has been viewed over 25 million times. She's an entrepreneur, best-selling author of the book Powered On, and she's an amazing wife and mother to her two kids. Sarah, welcome to Life in Purple. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I really appreciate you taking the time to to have this interview and for our listeners to hear um, how you've succeeded and how you've conquered a lot of different things. So I hear that you keep busy these days by running your own grooming business. Is this correct? With living your passion, um, helping out animals. Is this correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's one of my many irons in the fire, but probably the one that keeps me the busiest. <laughs> well, obviously, besides taking care of your children, I'm sure. Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Um, so can you tell me what your uh, favorite animal is? Oh, man. that Now, that's a hard question. Oh. I've, I've had uh, many pets over the years. I guess when I was a kid, we had a pet raccoon, and he was probably the coolest oh, really? uh, thing we've ever. Yeah. So you are a lover <laughs> of all animals, I take it. Yes, ma'am. Very much so. Come by it honestly. <laughs> that is great. And um, I'm sure many of our listeners out there can relate with you as well. Okay, clearly you have become a successful woman and a shining light for many people out there. But um, before we share your tips for success, tell us some of the obstacles that you had to overcome. If you could go through the beginning of your story when you were around 18 months old. Uh, yeah, when I was about 18 months old, my parents discovered my hearing loss. Um, a daycare worker suggested my mom pop a brown paper bag behind me. Uh, she felt like, I, you know, I had some hearing issues, and my mother just made the comment that she thought I was just going through the terrible twos a little early. So she did that. Uh, there was no reaction, so that led to, you know, obviously a chain of events taking me to doctors and stuff and discovering that I did indeed have the hearing loss. And at the age of two, I got hearing aids. Um, shortly thereafter, started attending a deaf ed school here locally and taking speech therapy and speech classes. So I did that until I entered public school and then uh, did public school for, for the rest of my school career. Um, you know, obviously the typical things that just going to school in general is hard for a, a young kid, you know, and then, of course, it gets even harder as you're a teenager. So, you know, just coupled in with the normal woes that a teenager faces, you know, hearing, having, wearing hearing aids and being so concerned about your looks and everything that, you know, we all do, unfortunately. There's just a lot 
what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you constantly worry about people seeing your hearing aids. You're constantly worried because you're you're missing out on stuff, and you feel like people think you're rude because you're not answering them or paying attention. So, you know, I I, I always kind of laugh and say I never really looked at it as that I had it any more rough than anyone else. You know, what I guess it's just the way I am. But I've always been a glass half full kind of gal. So, you know, I feel like if it hadn't have been my hearing aids, it'd have been something else. It'd have been the way I talked or the size of my nose or, you know, things like that, the way you dress. So I think, honestly, every kid kind of struggles with something on some level. Mine just happened to be the fact that I wore hearing aids. I I really want to point out to my listeners how you are a girl that has a glass half full. And um, it's really um, encouraging that you still stay positive and didn't realize that even wearing hearing aids, you know, with the obvious teenager feelings and insecurities that you still stayed pretty happy. So as you were coming, overcoming these obstacles, could you describe maybe your darkest hour for me? You know, I never, I never honestly really had what I would consider a darkest moment. You know, you go through your typical you get down and out about things, you know, and something would bother you, you know, and and I allowed myself to feel that emotion for just a short bit. But honestly, you know, whether it was just how I'm made or the grace of God or my support system or whatnot, but I never really got down and out or depressed for very long. You know, I'd get frustrated about something or my feelings would be hurt over something, but I just kind of bounced back and just didn't dwell on it. I felt like it wasn't worth you know, the time and you wake up every day and you make the decision to be happy, even though there could be complete chaos going on around you, you know, you got to do what you can to make the best of it. There's no sense in, you know, wallowing in it. And I know a lot of people, it's harder for others than it is for some. And so I don't know why, but for me, it was just always the mindset of overcoming and not allowing myself to be too down and out for too long and let it affect so many other things. Right. Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? Sarah just pointed out that she allowed herself to be down, but she decided quickly not to dwell on it and that she decided to make herself. It was a choice to become happy. So I really want to encourage the listeners to catch that, that it was a choice. And I appreciate you, Sarah, setting that example. So now it's time to tell us a little bit about your success and how you achieved it. I know that you've been on some many shows um, after you were yes. discovered on YouTube and your story. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Man, that was just a complete snowball effect. Um, <clears throat> after the video went viral on YouTube, the first phone call we got was from the Today Show, which led to the Ellen Show and from there New York Inc. and Doctor Show and so many other things. Um, and in the beginning, it was just complete and still is. It still seems like, did that really happen? Um, you know, and honestly, just completely out of the blue, the ability to have a platform to reach so many. And so early on, you know, kind of decided, okay, I've got this platform to try to reach people. What can I do with it? You know, it seems selfish to just enjoy the ride and not try to make something good come of it. And so it just started as kind of a campaign, if you will, um, about the beauty of hope and just trying to overcome things, you know, and also obviously raising awareness to the deaf community and things like that and people with disabilities that aren't um, physically seen and things like that. And so, honestly, it's just been a crazy whirlwind. I've done over 200 interviews worldwide and had the opportunity to write a book and travel and meet some really amazing people, and it's just been 
it's just still seems surreal most of the time. You know, we would go and do something and we'd come back and it's like, did that really just happen? <laughs> sure. um, and so honestly, it was just about being willing, just being willing to go and do, do and speak to whomever and try to be a vessel to just encourage people pretty much. I I know that when you were on the Ellen show, she did something really special for you. Could you tell Lip Talk Nation what that was? Sure. Um, when they called to interview me, they do a pre-phone interview, and they were just kind of talking to me and asking some questions, and they brought up, they said, is there someone you would like to thank while you're on the show publicly? And I said, sure. Yes, I would love to thank my mother-in-law. And I just kind of explained, and for those who don't know, um, the implants that I have are extremely expensive and they were $30,000 per year and my mother-in-law cashed out her retirement savings to pay for the first year and so upon going on the Ellen show we didn't know that they had had it planned and they presented me with a check to pay my mother-in-law back for the money that she had cashed out and then the maker of the implant uh, ended up doing my other ear for free so I know that was really moving for me. I wasn't able to catch it live, but I went to YouTube and I saw your interview with Ellen. And that was such a moving experience for myself to see how when we become vulnerable, we um, can be a shining light to people. And for Ellen to do that for you has really opened up uh, eyes. And I hope for the listeners to be a giving kind of person. So thank you so much for setting that example for us because I, you truly represent a giver and a beauty of hope. So I hear a little rumor out there that you met Anderson Cooper and you kind of had a little crush on him. Is this true? <laughs> I said he smells, he, he smells even better in person and he's even prettier in person than what you see on TV. <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, very charismatic. He was a very nice guy. <laughs> Oh, that's really um, interesting and good to hear because most of us don't get to actually meet him. So it's good to see that he's a normal person as well. So thank you so much for sharing that information with us. All right. So what was it like for you to hear your husband's and your children's voice for the first time? Oh, man, there's no, uh, there's not enough words in the universe that I could pull out of the air to explain those emotions. But <clears throat> honestly, my kids were the main push behind doing this you know obviously it was something I had wanted my entire life and I just always assumed that before I died there would be some sort of technology I could take advantage of that would help me but it became even more evident when the kids were born how much I wanted to to be able to experience that and so the morning after coming home after having my implants turned on I just sat in the kitchen floor and just cried and watched them Um, we have two little girls and they were having a little tea party at a table in the kitchen and they were just being real animated and, and just so funny. And so my husband came in there and he was like, what's wrong? He thought something was wrong. And I assured him nothing was wrong. I was just so touched. And I asked him, I was like, are they always this amped up or is this, is this them on a normal basis? And he was like, this is them all the time. You know, not, it's hard to explain, but not that they were hyper, just that they were so animated. You know, you don't realize how much you miss out on them, all the little noises and the voices that kids do and, and things like that. So, you know, that has been, you know, easily in the top three of things that, 
you know, made everything so worth it. <laughs> you know what's really great about you, Sarah, is that you didn't take anything for granted and that you really, truly experienced joy when you heard your kids' voices for the first time. I know a lot of our listeners out there are um, not dealing with, the, you know, hearing loss and, and your experience, and we get frustrated sometimes at the noises that they make. So I really want to point out to them how it's the things that we take for granted and that you went from not hearing to hearing their voice. And I'm sure that's a memory that you will have forever. Thank you so much for that encouragement to us. And I want to know a little bit about your support system. Could you tell us um, who that consists of? Oh man, from day one, it's, it's so important. And that's a question I get asked so often. I have mothers and fathers and people who reach out to me and they want to know what's, what, what can we do for our kid? You know, what's the best thing we can do, you know, early on? And I've always said time and time again, number one, early intervention is key. And number two, just a support system. And so, you know, as, as children, that starts with having parents, um, you know, and, and unfortunately I know there are those in situations who don't have both parents, but it doesn't have to necessarily be a blood parent. But having strong role models and people to be your advocate and people to um, just build you up constantly and, you know, let you test the waters but always have your back and always willing to help my entire life. Um, you know, I've relied on people to help me. I never, you know, a good example, my mother had to wake up every morning my entire school career from, you know, pre-K to, to, till the time I graduated, had to wake up every morning and, and able to wake me up because, you know, you can't get up by an alarm clock, typical means of waking up. So things like that to just emotional support and just, you know, my parents dove into it. They constantly worked with me on how to speak, how to read lips, how to work on pronouncing things, pronunciation and paying attention and, and things like that. And so as a kid, it starts out with just having people who are there to just help you um, strive to be better and to do better. And and then as you get older, it evolves into, you know, always needing a friend or a boyfriend or your husband to help you with things. You know, I never went and did anything where someone didn't know me by myself, you know. So if I went to pay a bill, someone was always with me. If I went to go get groceries, there was always somebody with me for the fear that you would miss out on something or misunderstand or not be able to communicate well with someone. And so the support system is just everything. Having someone just there to back you up and to just help you. You know, my husband and I have been together 16 years. We got married the month I turned 19. And... I had lived in my, the same house my whole life. My parents, I was an only child, so I had my parents. I moved from there into my husband's home, and from day one, he has been my bodyguard, my translator, my bulldog, my sidekick, and so you develop kind of a rhythm and flow. You go somewhere, and you have subtle things that other people don't notice, but we developed a, a routine, you know, a, tapping me on the knee if I was interrupting or or squeezing my leg if it was, if somebody was asking me a question to tell me to pay attention and things like that. And so it's just a matter of having people also be patient. That's the biggest thing. So many people don't realize because, unfortunately, you know, hearing impaired people, their disability is not something that's noticeable. It's not something that's a physical reminder. You see someone in a wheelchair, and if you're a decent human being, you hold the door open for them. You ask if you can help them. But there are people who struggle with so much that isn't seen. And so 
you know, unfortunately, as, as sad as it is, we all get so caught up in our own lives and our own routines and, you know, our, our day-to-day goings and doings, and sometimes we forget to be patient and to think. You know, the old cliche, you never know what someone's going through, is so true. And so as cliche as it is, you know, what an awesome world it would be if we all could just take a moment and just think before we act and speak to others, because you never know. And so just the support of just always having patient people and people to back you up and build you up and that, you know, that, that's everything. <laughs> yes, Sarah, there's two things that are standing out right now that I want Lip Talk Nation to really, really understand. First, you mentioned to ask for help for your support system and to not have a pity party, basically, is what you're saying. You need to go and reach out for help and to ask. And the second thing was to be patient because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and, and we punish ourselves for doing things that really we have no control over. And so it is about asking and it is about having that patience. And I um, can't thank you enough for those two specific points. And I really want the listeners to understand this. So what is one thing you would love for the listeners to understand about hardships? You know, as cliche as it is, they they make you who you are, and you can't have a beautiful rainbow without the ugly storm. And so, so much can come from hardships and overcoming things. You know, you have the opportunity to grow and to blossom and to learn. And so many areas in those times of your life, you can think about things that, you know, good things that came from hard situations. Um, there's There's just so much, and it's all about, you know, stretching you as a person and growing you as a person and testing you as a person and and a lot of times you know people they're they're in this dark time and they think you know I'm just never going to get over this hump I'm just never going to get past this but you do you know and in, in the moment it seems like a lifetime but years from now you look back and you think man I was down and out and that was just you know a six month hard time in my life or whatnot hardships you just gotta take them head on they just there's so much you can get from it you know and I know in the moment you know you're you're in that moment of despair and you think you know what can I take away from this but there's always something to be thankful for in every situation and there's always some positive aspect to every situation it's just harder to see it sometimes I'm going to say amen to that. There is something that you can always be thankful for. Listeners, are you catching that? If you aren't doing anything, I want all of you to be thankful. And we practice those and we talk about affirmations and and our support system. But I really appreciate that. So, Sarah, could you tell us who your hero is? Oh, man. You know, your whole life you get asked that, especially when you're younger. And oddly enough, when I was little, I never really had a person... You know, and I always felt obligated that you had to pick somebody, you know, because you would get asked it to write a paper or, you know, you just randomly got asked that all the time. And so I would just kind of like pick somebody and just kind of say it. And just because I felt like, it, you know, I couldn't say I don't really have one. But as I've gotten older, I've looked back and I've kind of realized that I still to this day don't really have one single person that is my hero. My heroes kind of embody several people, you know, it's just people who are kind, people who have a good sense of humor, people who are go-getters, who get out there and show love and, you know, through their actions and through their words. It's just everyday people that are just living life and just going through and 
being a light to everyone they meet and being kind to everyone they meet, making the best out of a bad situation. People who are able to just laugh and have fun and and spend time in the moment. Family and relationships and love is everything. And so, you know, I look back on as a kid, the people that I would say, oh, my grandpa or things like that. And I thought, you know, it just embodies basically just a person who's just living life to the fullest and constantly looking for the next adventure or the next um, hurdle to jump and what can be taken and learned from that. And those who just show love everywhere they go. I know that sounds horribly cheesy, but (laughs) that's the answer. (laughs) Not at all. It makes me actually want to stand taller when you say it's not just one person, but it's anybody that you see that can resonate with you, whether you're walking in the grocery store or you meet somebody just one time or they're in your life for a few months, how they can actually be a hero in the moment. So I am actually standing taller and stronger right now just for you pointing that out. And it's nothing wrong to have a hero, I you know, if you have one as a child and you look up to them, but I'm saying that it's, you don't have to put that in a box. So I really love how you point out. It's just anybody that you see. So thank you so much. So Sarah, for our listeners out there that are going through their own obstacles, but want to conquer them, maybe they were born with a disability or have a disadvantage. What advice would you give them? Learn to be comfortable and, you know, for the longest time with Joe, because people ask, so what's next? What's next? This journey that I've been on is going on four years now. And so there for a while we were flying from coast to coast and I've, I've gone to several countries and I've had all these unique opportunities and people would always say, so what do you have next? And we would always joke and say, we had no idea. We didn't know what we had from the beginning. You know, we, we literally have no idea what's in store. And so the the common thing I always bring up is we always say we're we just have this little lamp. You know, God gives us this little lamp and, and eight feet of light shines out in front of us. And we just go that eight feet and we wait for the next eight feet where we can see ahead. And so I jokingly tell people, get comfortable in that little eight feet of light that you have. You know, and yours yours may not be eight feet, it may be more or less, but the point is to get comfortable in the moment and just face it one day at a time. Don't focus so hard on next week, six months from now, a year from now. Just literally take it one day at a time because it's easier. It's easier when you break it down like that. It's easier to find more to be grateful for. It's easier to find more positive in things. You know, when you're going through something and it can be you've lost your job, you're going through a divorce, you are struggling with some sort of mental illness, you have... Uh, you know, disability. There's so many things. It applies to so many people. It's not just specifically people that are disabled. But if you break it down and you think, okay, every morning when I get up, I'm just focusing on today. And you know what? You can start with as simple as I'm grateful and I'm happy for the fact that I woke up today and I took a breath and the sun is shining. And as silly and as frustrating as that can be for those who are down and hard in the moment, it starts that easy. It starts that small and that easy. Finding one thing to be grateful for each day because, you know, you, you, we've, we've all been there where we've been frustrated, where it seems like, you know, things aren't going to change or, um, you know, whatever it is you're facing. If you can break it down and start with something as small as, okay, I'm focusing on the day. What can I do today that would make me feel good? Or what can I do today you know, that would make me happy or, or, you know, what can I do with this day for someone else? And so 
it's all about just being comfortable in the fact that you don't know what next week holds. You don't know what six months from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. So, you know, for me personally, it was just easy to just start out by saying, okay, I know what today holds and I'm okay with the fact that I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm just willing to just keep going and see how it plays out. Sarah, I really love how you um, use the visual of the shining light. And I want the listeners and Lip Talk Nation to understand that it is about being comfortable. When you shine a light, it does only go out almost eight feet and you don't have to look past that. And um, I want the listeners to really visualize that because they are, um, some of them are in their dark hours and we just got to turn that light on and look what's right in front of our feet and right in front of our face. So um, it is about being comfortable and living in that moment. Sarah, thank you so much for um, answering these questions. We're getting ready to go into a lightning round, which is a different part of the show. And it's about getting to know you on a different level. Sarah, are you ready? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Okay, here we go. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, man, that that changes. Right now, in this very moment, I would love to fly. That just seems so peaceful to be able to be up there and just soaring among the clouds, flying, and then, of course, it would cut down on gas, so... (laughs) I love that. Yes, it definitely would cut down on gas. That's a great superpower to have. That's actually um, my favorite one as well. How do you like your coffee, Sarah? The question is, how much coffee do I like in my milk and cream and sugar? So <laughs> I'm a I'm a weenie. I can't do black coffee. It's got to have sugar and milk, and, and and then I'll dig for creamer to put in it too. So just a little bit of coffee. <laughs> That's really great. I'm sure actually many of our listeners out there feel the same way. They want like a little bit of coffee with their cream and sugar. Okay, Sarah, mm-hmm. most embarrassing moment. What is it? Oh, man. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. When I was nine years old, um, we lived on a dead-end street. And so I had the ability to ride my bicycle up and down without you know worrying about traffic. And so I was riding my bicycle up and down. And there were about four houses on the dead-end street that we lived on, the portion that we lived on. And so I would ride my bicycle up and down all day long. And so I got pretty good at standing up, like, on the seat, standing up completely, hands in the air, riding my bicycle. And so I decided to do it in front of uh, one of the neighbor houses as they were getting ready to leave or go somewhere. And uh, my mom had told me not to wear sandals while I was doing it, but I wore them anyway. I had socks on underneath my sandals. I still to this day don't know why I did that fashion faux pas. But anyways, I was standing up on my feet and going by, and I crashed, bigger than Dallas. I mean, just busted my rear, and I was mortified. I was so mortified that when I went home and I was getting a Band-Aid for my wound, I didn't even tell my mother how I did it. I made something else up because I was so embarrassed. Oh, no. I I hope that you recovered well from this, though. <laughs> I did. Uh, yes, I'm actually going to probably hear some of our listeners share similar stories. I think I have one, too, and I'm trying to forget about it. So thank you for sharing your most embarrassing moment with us at Lip Talk. Okay, Sarah, the, the question is, are you a shoes or are you a bag lady? And my answer is life is too short to only pick one. I I have a deep love for both of those items. I am a self-proclaimed tightwad penny pincher, but shoes and purses are two things that I actually don't mind spending money on. So I 
I have quite a few of those. And the joke around here is I don't ask my husband about the guns and motorcycle parts that come through the house, and he doesn't question me about my shoes and purses. So we, we have a great relationship right there. <laughs> I think that's a great deal that you guys have right there. And uh, So yeah. I really, really... Um think that life is too short as well so that's pretty awesome all right so could you tell me your favorite comedy movie i am trying to think i we are big movie hounds i love movies and so we we have seen just about anything worth seeing i that'd be really hard for me to nail down just one um i watched recently which it was highly highly inappropriate and crude but hysterical was amy schumer's uh movie that just came out recently, Trainwreck, I think it was, but that would be the funniest one that I've seen recently. Like I said, warning, highly inappropriate, but hysterical. (laughs) Okay, good to know. That's pretty awesome. So I have one final question for you, and there is a big debate out there, but I really need to know, uh, how does your toilet paper roll, top or bottom? The only way it's supposed to go, over the top. (laughs) (laughs) My husband would actually agree with you, and I find that very funny. So uh, thank you so much again, Sarah, because we really love getting to know you on this side of, you know, this personal level, uh, because you have a fantastic story, an inspiring story, and I wanted to relate to every listener out there that they can conquer the darkness that they are in. So Sarah, do you have any final thoughts for us, any last advice for our listeners? Just be kind everywhere you go. Leave every place you go better than it was when you got there. You know, always be looking for some way to brighten someone's day, whether that's just a compliment or paying for the person behind you's coffee in line at Starbucks. It's so overused and so, like I've already said a million times, so cliche, but yet so important. So important to just be a light everywhere you go and just constantly just try to always be positive and do good. I mean, we're only on this this rock for a short amount of time. So do the best you got with it while you can. Absolutely, Sarah. I'm sure our listeners are not going to think this is cliche at all. And, and it really is about paying it forward. So thank you for that valuable information. So where can the listeners go for more information? Do you have a website that they can go to? Could you tell us a little bit more? Sure. You can go to www.sarahcherman.com. Um, I also have a public Facebook page. I'm the only Sarah Chairman on Facebook, so I'm easy to find through there. Awesome. Could you say your website one more time for us? Sure. It's Sarah Chairman, C-H-U-R-M-A-N.com. And then uh, Facebook, same, same name. So. Sarah, something that really connected with me right now is how you said, be kind, leave every place better than when you got there. And how you said it was cliche, but I don't think so, is be a light wherever you go. And once again, you say be positive. That is our message here at Life in Purple. Again, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing a few minutes with us on Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean from you and your extensive background and experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And for Android users, shoot me a quick email to laura at laurasprague.com. That's laura at laurasprague.com. We appreciate you, and we'll see you soon. And as always, 
What you say is what you become.